Hey, everybody, welcome to Uncomfortable, where the goal is to have honest, unflinching conversations about the issues that divide us as Americans. I'm Amna Nawaz. Each week, we'll feature a one-on-one interview with a special guest to learn more not just about what they believe, but why they believe what they do. With me today is Carrie O'Grady, communications professor at the New York University, otherwise known as NYU, right here in New York. Thanks for being here. Thank you so much for having me. So in a word, I could say the conversation we're going to have today is about trolling. Sounds good. Fair enough. (laughs) I know something about that. I bet you do. You have a horrifying, horrifying story to share, and I want to unpack it from every angle because I think what you went through, so many other people go through and maybe even inflict upon other people. But Mm -hmm. first, I want to understand, because the fact that it happened to you fascinates me. (laughs) You are a communications professor. I am PR and corporate comm. You teach this to people. Communications, reputation management, Mm -hmm. crisis communications, this kind of thing, right? Correct. Tell me a little bit about what it is that you teach and how you approach that teaching. How'd you get into this in the first place? (laughs) Well, I spent 10 years in media. um, And while I was in media in a lot of publishing houses around New York City and also in Phoenix, Arizona, where I came from before New York, um, I had been adjunct, uh, an adjunct professor at a variety of institutions. And since I got my master's degree at NYU, I became an adjunct there pretty easily after I graduated in 2011. So um, back in 2015, I realized um, after a very busy job at a magazine how much I missed teaching because I had to take the semester off and I realized something was missing in my life Mm -hmm. and made a career change that was, uh, some people think nuts, other people think it was rewarding and probably the bravest thing I could have done, but I ended up being a professor and I've been a full-time at NYU, the School of Professional Studies, ever since. What is it about this particular field and these types of classes you teach? Because it, it brings to mind very like Olivia Pope-esque type things, <laughs> right? Like something's wrong, you have to manage the message or how, how you kind of manage your reputation. What right. is it about that that you like? So I, I'll tell you, it's not as glamorous as Olivia Pope no? makes it be. No, I, not at all. Um, it's really about figuring out the best way to manage the public through the eyes of whoever you're working for. And sometimes mm-hmm. that can be yourself, which is, you know, why I'm here today. But really the fascinating thing is about your own understanding the reputation of others and how you can't get that back. There are many things in the world that you can fix, but mm-hmm. a reputation, you get one of them. And once that's gone, you don't have a chance to rebuild that. It takes a really long time if sometimes not at all, to be able to rebuild it. So in all of my classes, it's a focal point that we understand the importance of not only managing reputation, but elevating it to a positive setting. So um, let's fast forward to how this relates to you. (laughs) And one of these huge issues we talk about a lot these days, which is how we communicate on social media, things that people feel comfortable saying to each other in that space that you would probably never say to a person's face. Skip ahead. um, Skip back, rather, to January 24th. Mm -hmm. Uh, President Trump has been in office for three or four days. Mm -hmm. um, And you find some interesting messages (laughs) coming across your social media accounts, right? Tell me about how you started to understand understand something was wrong. So it was the first day of school at NYU of the spring semester, and all of my students are required to use Twitter as a means of keeping up with PR and corporate comm news. Mm-hmm. So, And we teach to a global classroom at NYU, so this is sometimes the, the first uh, dip the toe in the water for a lot of my students on American social media because they don't have that opportunity. Mm-hmm. So I was preparing for my um, my class. It was a Tuesday, and I have a corporate uh, communication class that day. And I share an office with a 
colleague and I started seeing these messages mid-morning that were just very strange from people I didn't know. Mm -hmm. um, Coming directly to you. To me on Twitter. Uh, I hadn't even checked my Facebook yet. So this was on Twitter saying that I should be fired from my job and I'm a disgrace to America. And I was so confused. And, you know, I'm pretty up on the news and I didn't see anything this morning uh, or that morning that would alarm me and nor would I ever think that I would be involved in something like that. Mm-hmm. So these messages were trickling in on Twitter and I, I ignored them at first. You ignored, you I didn't think anything was didn't wrong? didn't think anything was wrong at all. I just thought that, you know, somebody has the wrong person or, you know, maybe they tweeted at the wrong name. Somebody came up in the search that was wrong. Not right. a big deal. Because that happens too sometimes, right? Sure. You start to type in a name and an account comes up and you think that's the right person, but it's not. Absolutely. Right. And so I figured, okay, well, this is weird, but we'll just, we'll just ignore it. Yeah. As my class gets closer to time to go into class, these messages were getting more, um, not only in frequency, but also in in meanness, I think is the nicest way that I can say it. And I turned to my colleague and said, something's something's wrong. I don't know if somebody has the wrong name or the wrong person, but I'm getting all of these hateful messages. And, And they started turning from, you should be fired, to more along the lines of, you're completely unpatriotic, and you don't deserve your position, and it started getting kind of nasty. So I I went to class not knowing, you know, what exactly had gone on, but I did a quick Google search on my way to class and realized, because I just, I felt like I should have Googled my name Mm -hmm. at this point, like something's wrong. And this story came up about the Secret Service agent that, um, would not take a bullet for Trump. Right. And so the story for everyone who doesn't know about this is the background, the brief background, and this has evolved since then. You can look up the latest mm-hmm. news, but there was a Secret Service agent who has your exact same name. <laughs> same spelling and all. Same spelling. Mm-hmm. Uh, and she posted a message on, on Facebook, right? Basically Correct. questioning whether she thought that she could perform her duties for President Trump, who, as I mentioned, has just been in office for a few days, right? Correct. And then that post got picked up and went viral. Correct. On that day, on the 24th. Right. Yeah. So everyone out there is reading Carrie O'Grady, Secret Service agent, questioning whether she can protect President Trump yes. and thinks that it's you. Well, because she deleted her social profiles. So when you Googled my name, I uh, saw with horror that my profiles, my social profiles were coming up because there are very few Carrie O'Grady's that are spelt exactly the same way. There are very many. There are so many variations of Carrie. Yeah. Um, but Carrie O'Grady, it, it, the way it's spelt is pretty easy to to come up with only a few searches. And especially because I had been in media and I have things published and my profiles are public. You're out there. Right? I'm out there. And so it was very easy. And I immediately made the connection yeah. when I saw that my profiles were connected to this story, that this is where this was coming from. But I had no idea that it was going to get to where it was. So you're on your way, literally walking to class. Correct. You have to teach. Yes. You find out that this has happened. Yes. Is there anything you can do right there? At that moment, no, because I have a classroom of students who are depending on me to put my best face forward on the first day. But what I did is I went upstairs and I told them, right away what was going on. You told your students. Yes. That was the first thing I talked about after I took attendance and said, hey, so I know we're in a corporate communications class. Real time, there's something happening to your professor. You might want (laughs) to, if you're seeing all these hateful messages come my way, and some of them had seen because some... Because you Google your professor. You Google your professor. And we're like, what is going on right now? Why are people saying these things to her? So my first thought was to make my students feel comfortable Mm -hmm. um, and to let them know that there was a mistake. And so I didn't do anything horrendous that was yielding this and, you know, to help them understand what was going on. But inside, as someone who deals with reputations, who understands the importance of reputations, 
you must have been dying inside. I was freaking out a yeah. little bit. In, on the inside, I was freaking out because I couldn't – I didn't have the opportunity at this point to control it because I had a class to teach and I knew that I was going to be away from my phone for two hours and 30 minutes. Mm-hmm. And I didn't know at this point – how far this was going to go, if this was just a trickle, I had no idea. And so I quickly, after my class was over, I saw the uh, how the impact was now taking a turn for the worse and getting a little bit uncontrollable. So it took, but that two and a half hours of not being able to control things gave me a lot of anxiety. So the two to three hours since this has started and this kind of picking up speed and picking up animosity, mm-hmm. it sounds like too, What's the first thing? You're professional, right? Like you deal with this. What's the first thing you do when you're able to try to do something about it? So the first thing I did was I posted on Facebook. Mm-hmm. That's the first thing I did. And what did made, you say? So I created a post that was uh, basically a little bit lighter than I, I normally would. But to say, hey, in case anybody, all of my friends and family are wondering, I am not. This is a mistake. Like just know that I'm okay. You're seeing all these uh, these messages come my way, but I'm good. Mm-hmm. I just, you know, I I don't can't believe this is happening. Essentially, yeah. um, and then I created a hashtag, uh, not Secret Service, Carrie. You um, created your own hashtag. Created my own hashtag. To try to manage right. counter so message. I wanted to kind of uh, so step one. I wanted to make sure that my Facebook community, which is our my, my friends and family mostly, mm-hmm. and some some students, but friends, family, and faculty knew that I was okay. People who know you, yes. Right. So yeah. I was okay because I wasn't worried about them. I was worried about the people who didn't know me. So that was the first thing. And then that started getting shared. On Twitter was my main concern at that problem because at that point, because at that point, things had gotten really out of control Mm -hmm. with the messages that I was getting. We're talking about in a two and a half hour span. We've gone from now a trickle of messages to hundreds of messages. So the first thing I did was I pinned a tweet. That's the first thing that I did saying, you know, please don't tweet me hate, look at my bio. Um, I'm not that person. So I put that hashtag in there as well. And then I had media friends who also had picked up on this that were tweeting on their handles as well, saying this is not the person. Mm -hmm. So that was kind of wave two is that they were helping. Wave three was to start responding to every single person. And that took I knew that that was going to be the thing that made the most impact on me and my reputation because I thought to myself after I did those two things, those two steps, what's the next thing you have to do to set an example for your students so they're proud of your t- of their teacher because this is what you teach, so now you have to do. Mm-hmm. And not only that, but also show that there's a human that you're affecting behind the things that you're saying. Well, so this is interesting because you hundreds of people have now been tweeting and yes. messaging at you. You decided the only way to address it was literally to talk to them one-on-one. Correct. How, how long did that take? How did you do that? Um, I think the Washington Post said it best that it was a, it was a through-the-night situation. Um, I made sure I, did, I was married to my phone um, because it was important to me that people did not think that they could not think and just say these things to people and get away with it. So by personalizing it and saying, hey, I'm reading your tweet, it, sh- it disarms them. Um, and that's a really important thing to do in my field is disarm the person who might be throwing, you know, whatever on, on animosity towards you. That's yeah. training 101 in PR is disarm them and give them fact. So you know, what's interesting, though, is so many I've been on the, on the more than I'd like the receiving end of, of some trolling <laughs> here and there, too. But some of the guidance I've gotten from other people who've gone through it is whatever you do, don't feed the trolls. Mm. You know, it's like gremlins. Don't feed the trolls. And I, I think I've taken this personal guidance when, you know, when people seem as if they are coming from a somewhat reasonable perspective, then I do 
mute, and especially if they're asking a question that I can answer, mm-hmm. then I do engage. But you're saying something completely different. You're right. saying you have to engage one-on-one. Yes. To get people to stop. Now, there's a difference, and I agree with some of your saying, but it depends on the situation, right? If it's something completely ridiculous that's not going to truly harm your reputation, right, then you can take that choice to not feed the trolls. But when it's something that could actually damage your reputation, your personal brand, Mm -hmm. the only way to be able to combat that in a way that's going to be kindness and and using kindness and respect and empathy is to show that there's a human behind what you're doing. So I I think that it was important or my judgment call was it's important because they haven't these people were not educated enough to look at my profile they did not take the time or the respect if they're tweeting at you it says right there you're a communications professor this is not the woman that they're talking about correct so for example if you're writing a news story and you get backlash and you know that your facts are straight and everything is is correct then you have no reason to feed those trolls because you know that whoever is tweeting at you whoever's saying things to you doesn't really have a basis but these people didn't know better right they didn't take the time to know who i was so it was important to me that they did know yeah and so that was my rationale behind starting to answer every single tweet every single Facebook message. What were they saying to you? I can't keep, I can't swear, um, but I can, I know. (laughs) Um, I'll give you highlights from just a general perspective, but calling me, you know, names that no woman should be called, saying that I should never have children, I don't deserve to have children, I should burn in places, um, I don't deserve to live in America. I am a number of expletives um, that I can't dream of ever calling someone who I didn't know. Um, I was told that uh, they, I didn't. It didn't even matter to them if I was the Secret Service agent. I'm a, I'm expletives anyway because I'm an NYU professor. So obviously, I have a liberal agenda. Wait, so that's interesting. So people yeah. who came, who, who, whose attention you sort of got because of your name, even if they realized you weren't the right person, then found another reason. Correct. To yeah. go after you. Yep. So it was unbelievable the amount of messages that I was getting that not only maybe, maybe these people didn't know who I was, but there was another level that actually did know who I was, but used me as an outlet for commentary because there was no other outlet for them that they thought was appropriate. So why not bash this? this girl um now you know they have the wrong person yeah but you're still receiving these you're still reading these things that people are saying to you Mm -hmm. what is that like it was exhausting to absorb all of the anger from people um it was disheartening to absorb that energy um you have to think about it in a way or what kind of saved me from taking it personally, right? Because even though it's not about me, right, It's and I know it's not about me and I'm the wrong person, these were directed at someone. And you have to think about it in a way that, okay, they don't understand that there are other ways to direct this anger. So they're using a very easy way behind a computer in order to express their views. And in that way, I kind of felt like I had to read all these messages and I had to give them each the time that they I thought they deserved because they took the time to write them. So if they were going to take the time to write them, then I was going to read and respond as hurtful as it was to to hear that 
these people really felt this way about another human being. And, you know, I truly feel that even if you disagreed with, you know, the Secret Service agent, right, and you, you disagreed with her views and what she did and all of these things, she's still a human. She's a human being who has feelings, who has family, who has all of these things that a human being is, is entitled to have opinions and, and maybe she didn't express them in the right way, but she's a human being. And people forget that when they're hiding behind the computer that anything that they do has an effect. Is there something, because you've been in this field now, you, you know how social media works and, and the role that it plays in a lot of these conversations. Is there something new or different about the tone of the comments that people are making and the messages that people were sending to you to what it was in the past? Has it changed over time? Absolutely. And that's a really great question. You know, I think that with the turmoil, especially over the past year or so, and I think that America has been divided so much by politics and, you know, all of the things that go along with everything that's happening in American society today, I think people are not taking the time to, they're being very reactive instead of proactive. Mm -hmm. And so messages are coming across as sometimes incoherent or, um, you know, with many, many spelling errors or politically charged in a way that doesn't seem like they really understand what's going on, but they're just angry. So where social media, I think, has always been a place to express ideas and opinions, Mm -hmm. I think now it's not about ideas and opinions, but it's about how fast can I relay my anger? How can I express and use this as an outlet for my feelings? And that's a very dangerous place to be. It's sort of where can I have my voice heard? Yep. And if I can do it quickly from my phone in 140 characters or, you know, while I'm cruising Facebook then I, I feel relieved. I'm going to do it. It was a catharsis in yep, some way. Exactly. And so there's no ideas or I, I can't say with any message that I got, whether it be on Facebook or, or Twitter, that anything was constructive. Nothing. It was yelling at no me. No one was it like, was, hey, I, I'd really like to know why you feel this way no. if you're this person. And or, no, I, like I expected that either. But yeah. at the same time, it was such a change from over the past five years. You know, Twitter is not that old. And when people used it for news and information, you know, five, six years ago, the tone was a lot lighter. It was a lot kinder. It was a lot more informational and educational. And now people use it as a platform to just say whatever they want. And that's a very dangerous place. Was there a difference between the things that people were saying? It was mainly Twitter and Facebook, right? Yes. And when people were reaching yep. out, you didn't get hit up on Instagram. No. Or, you know, <laughs> My Instagram's private. No, okay. <laughs> no, no. no. Um, was there a difference between the messages you were getting? Because Twitter, you're confined, right? Sure. To the certain number of characters. Mm-hmm. So did you see something different there across the, the platforms? Absolutely. Really? I mean, the oh. long, the long-winded messages on Facebook really? were, oh my goodness, the the length of some of the responses that I got about, you know, the, the probably the worst ones that I got were on Facebook because they had the real estate in order to write whatever they wanted without that, that restriction of a word count. Hmm. And so they just went nuts on, you know, I should be burning places and, you know, I'm, a, I'm this and I'm that and, you know, all of these things and just ranted, just ranted. So they were a lot more unfiltered on Facebook than they were on Twitter, where on Twitter, I got more of the unpatriotic political viewpoints. And on Facebook, people just spewed hate. 
It was just a lot of hate. Did you respond to people on Facebook too? I did. You yeah, did. every single person. Did you end up communicating with anyone, like back and forth? Uh, I, I the communication ended up if they responded. Um, yeah. So I did didn't. People respond? I didn't feel yes. There they were did. a couple. So um, did they apologize? Two people apologized. Two, which was lovely. Out of out of a lot. Um, <laughs> two people apologized, which was which was lovely, and I appreciated that. What did and, they say? I mean, what had they said before, and what did they say when they apologized? Um, mainly like stuff that I've been telling you yeah. that they've been saying calling me names and that I'm xy expletive and that I don't deserve my position and I should be fired and I'm a piece of something and you know I And then you said you got the wrong one. I got the wrong one. And and other people and assumed then they said, my viewpoints sorry? too. Yeah, essentially. So that was the other thing that I got on Facebook were people assuming my viewpoints. Um like I believe in abortion, you believe in all these things which I thought was really interesting um because you can't even assume that with a secret service agent, never mind me. Wait, in their response to you, they would suddenly start reflecting back to you ideas they thought that you held? Yeah, exactly. That I'm a liberal, I'm, uh, what was it, an Obama killery, I was called, which was an interesting, I've never heard that before. I don't know what that means. I don't either. It's a great thing. Um, um, But I would respond, and so I had a a message, just like how I pinned my tweet on on, uh, Twitter. I had a response crafted on Facebook where I actually gave a little bit more of a rationale and responded to each one with three key points because mm-hmm. we in PR we work with three key points. First, you are very we're, focused. I am very. I I teach it. I got to do it right. It's kind of what you have to do. But you know, introducing myself, saying who I was. Number two, that I read your message, and number three, I just want you to know that because you didn't do your research on who you were tweeting, I had to take time out of my first day of school to respond to your note. And that that took a lot for me to do. So I hope that you, from this point forward, kind of think about what you're, who you're talking to or how you want to talk to people before you spew off these messages. And to answer your question directly, there were a few people who responded and just said, I'm sorry. Um, there was one that was a little bit longer saying, I'm, I'm sorry, I had the wrong person. I shouldn't have done that. And then there were others who did not care that I was the wrong person and decided to continue their rant. Even after receiving your message? Correct. They still... What went off on on related tangents, or yeah. now that you, they know you, how you're the wrong one? Yep, though. just went off on related tangents, and that's when their account got blocked because I've done everything that I could at that point to explain, and that was very disheartening to me. Um, that it didn't matter because it was still bringing me back to my point from a couple minutes ago. It was still an outlet for anger. Somebody responded, and now you have another opportunity to say something. And so it didn't matter to that person who I was. It was just an outlet for whatever they were feeling in that moment. You're a professional in this field. So you approached it very methodically, right? <laughs> like you thought about, you're like, here's, here's my one, one step, two steps. Like, let's go through this in a plan and, and, and tackle it that way. Most of us don't approach these things that way it's hard when you see people saying things about you personally or about views that you hold and this is true not just about people who get direct messages but people who have other people engaging with them on twitter or disagreeing with them in certain ways how how can you expect other people to approach it with the same way i mean it's everyday americans who say, I really, you know, especially look back to the election, you say, I really support this candidate for this reason. And then you get hit with a barrage of like replies and quoting your tweet and mm-hmm. calling you names just because of something that you believe to be true. Mm-hmm. How, how do we move past that on social media? So there's a couple of things, and I'm not a superhero here. You know, I've been doing it, I might have been doing it a little while, but that doesn't mean that any person can't look at a situation and, and, 
objectively work through it. And what's important is you have to remember that the people who are tweeting you or on social media sending you hate or bullying you, let's just put it out there, that because it is. Mm-hmm. The definition of online bullying is making someone feel inadequate, insignificant, or you know, establishing fear in a person because of their viewpoint. Mm-hmm. Um, and or non, no viewpoint at all, but instead just of, just because. And you can, the people who are doing this to you, they're behind a curtain because they don't are, they're not using their smarts. They're not using what they are able to do productively. So instead, this is an easy way to do it. So hate tweeting at people and getting angry is easy, right? It's staying calm. That's the hard part. So if you are a target of something like this, the best thing you can do is stay calm. Don't go on a tangent answering everybody with hate and using the same tone because that's what's going to feed the trolls, Mm -hmm. right? That's what's going to make them feel like they are more powerful than you. So it's really really not hard to just take a step back and breathe and say, okay, this isn't really about me. Yeah, I might have said something to, to start this, but it's not about me. So Let's think about how I can be the bigger person here. I know that sounds like kindergarten 101, but it's so true. How can you be the bigger person? Well, I'm not going to match that tone. I'm not going to be that person and answer accordingly. Now you, I, I think if I was reading back correctly through some of these, understandably, lost your cool a couple of times. Yes. Right? Yes. At the beginning, for sure. Yes. Oh, at the beginning? That was at the beginning? Yes. At the beginning, I absolutely did. When I didn't understand what was going on. And you didn't know that it would turn into the flood. Correct. That it did. Yes. Did I'm just wondering from that perspective, did that make you, when you when you fired those off, and I think you said something like, you idiot, yes. and responded, you got the wrong person, um, did that make you feel better no. to do that? No. I was actually very so disappointed in myself. Did, were you I really? really was because I, I, I'm a bigger person than that. Um, and I had planned this out in my head to a degree that what I was going to do to – if I was going to save my reputation, if I was going to not be in the weeds with these people and take myself down with the situation, then I needed to rise above it. And so answering like that at the beginning when this person – it was this particular person. I know exactly what tweet you're talking about. This person just kept going and going and going and just kept firing off tweets. And finally, I lost my cool. And I wasn't, I wasn't proud of that. I could have said a lot worse. Um, then you idiot. But that was the word that I chose. And it certainly didn't make me feel better. No, it didn't. Answering anger with anger shouldn't, it doesn't always, does, I don't know if it ever works in anyone's favor to answer with anger. We live in this country now where Twitter has become the new normal to some degree, mm-hmm. right, in terms of messaging. When it's coming from the highest office in the land, um, there's there's sort of a normalization of these are my thoughts and I'm sharing them for whatever it's worth. Um do you think that that makes it worse? I do. Um, and I'm going to strategically answer that by saying I feel like when somebody in a leadership position decides to work through a platform in a very specific way, I feel like that sets an example for other people to be able to do similarly. And to some, some handle that with great care and, and do the right thing, um, and other people don't. And I so I feel like the way that we are seeing social media being used by a very high office right now might not be the best example of how to use that platform correctly and in the mode that it was actually created to be used, mm-hmm. which is to disseminate information in a very easy communal way. And 
I'm not sure that that's happening. I feel like it's more commentary, which I think is setting an example to some people that they can do the same. But to some degree, it's not, I mean, the the platform is what it is, right? Yes. The rules of engagement are what they are. And if, in, in a lot of ways, it's sort of just like any other platform for conversation where oftentimes the loudest voices win, right? The people making their points in the most powerful or potent way mm-hmm. end up being the thing that we talk about. Um, so... Can you ever go back? I know you were talking early in their days. It was sort of a different conversation. It was a different way of engagement. Can it go back to that? I don't think at this point I can see it going back to that. I think that it has evolved to a point where it's going to be very hard to rein it in. But I will say this. There's a reason why Twitter is not being used as much as it used to be in the marketplace. And I think that because of that change – Certain thought leaders who used to use it for a certain way are looking at it as a less credible source these days. And yeah. there's a reason for that, I think. Um, so it's it's important that when people use social platforms like Twitter, that they don't lose sight of what it actually was created to be used for. Because I can't say with certainty that everything that the highest office is doing on Twitter right now is being taken seriously. And is that the way that we want to be viewed on social media? I'm not sure it is. Did you ever think about just leaving, like deleting your accounts? Because it was, I can't imagine after receiving those kinds of messages for as long as you did and the way that you did, did you ever just think it's not worth it? No, never. It wasn't an option. Um, I have 72 students every day that depend on me um, to be on social media and to help them learn through their social media platforms. I use Twitter for all of my classes. I also was in media for a really long time and have a lot of connections and love my media families. And that's how I stay connected to them. And, um, you know, I went to journalism school. I know I, I have too many connections and it's so easy to just delete. It's so easy to just say, I give up. And you don't have to do that. There are other ways. She she did that. Secret Service agent did that, Carrie O'Grady. And, you know, a lot of people asked me, are you upset that she didn't reach out to you? Or are you upset that she deleted her profiles? No, because it was still a teaching moment that I was able to give. And I hated every moment of it. I hated every second of it. It was not fun in the least. But at least I stood my ground. And at least I made people proud. And that's that was what was important to me is I need to make people proud. I need to make my parents proud. I need, I need to use this as a, as a way to educate people on how not to do this to other people. Instead, channel your anger in different ways. Have you reached out to the other carrier? No. Carrier, I will call her? <laughs> no. No? I, no, no, I'm good. I'm good. <laughs> she, I, I'm sure she has enough going on right now. She doesn't really need to hear from another carrier, Grady. I'm, I'm sure she heard the story. I'm sure she has thoughts. I'll never know what they are. It's okay. <laughs> I'm good in my bubble and glad okay, that life is back to normal. <laughs> not turning over that stone. Exactly. Um, the first lady announced a while back that cyberbullying was going to be part of her agenda. This is before the election even. Um, how, how would you like to see that moving forward? Oh, it's so funny that you say that because I tweeted at Melania. <laughs> what did you say? <laughs> well, I, I asked for uh, assistance um, because this came from... During this whole yeah, thing? Yeah, what did you... I what happened, did you well, and to Kellyanne Conway and to Donald Trump, actually, and just what did you let say them know. I don't remember my exact tweet, to be honest with you, but I actually said, like, here's a story you might be interested in, cyberbullying, and I didn't obviously get a response. No response. But no response at all. Um, from but the I, first lady, from the president, nobody, or from Kellyanne yeah, Conway. No, like, 
I expected one anyway. But I mean, you never know. You never know. You know, either it's it's fine. But, um, you know, what's interesting is that I hope what's on her agenda, and I want to answer your question fully. So, I think that what should be on her agenda, or what I'm hoping to see from a situation like this, is that she not only negates the situation with education on cyberbullying and mm-hmm. what people know about cyberbullying, because a lot of people don't think that they're cyberbullying, mm-hmm. um, which is interesting. You well, know, a lot of her focus, too, is on children. On children, right? but not adults. Right. And with children, it's a whole different ballgame, mm-hmm. right? You know, you, if their their safety is threatened or you call the authorities, there, there are steps that you can take with your child. And, you know, psychologists are involved in all these things. But cyberbullying is for adults as well. And I think that that's a huge part of the agenda that she's missing out on. And I hope that she addresses it. Carrie O'Grady. I I'm so sorry <laughs> that you went. It's Aww. great that you can laugh about no, it. No, I mean I I wasn't for a long time, and um, I think that again, like as I said, like you got to keep a smile on your face, and you have to work through it because if you don't work through it, then it's going to get the better of you. And if I can help two people out of this, or five, or twenty, then that's I I would happily do it all over again. So there you go. You want to share your Twitter handle too, in yeah. case people want to sure, follow you. If you want to. It's at O'GradyKL on Twitter. And um, I noticed you still have um, that pinned tweet at the top of your profile. I do. Which reads, I am, all caps, not, hashtag Secret Service Carrie. Please read bio and do, all caps, not, tweet me with hate <laughs> or threats. You have the wrong person. Yes. So you're leaving that up there? I'm leaving that up there because uh, the news story for, for last week is that she was uh, she was suspended with pay. And so I figured that I need to leave it up until this story is a little less prominent because I feel like every time her name comes up. I'm going to keep an eye on this and see how long you have to leave that up preventatively. Carrie O'Grady, thank you so much. Thank you for having me. I appreciate it. Thank you for listening to Uncomfortable. If you like what we're doing, take a minute, leave us a rating and a quick review. It helps others to find these conversations, and we really just want to hear what you think. Plus, we've made it easy. Just click on the link in the description of this episode. If you have an idea for a show topic or a guest, leave it in the reviews or tweet at me, at Navazistan. That's N-A-W-A-Z-I-S-T-A-N, or use the hashtag UncomfortableTalk. Uncomfortable is a production of ABC News. New episodes post every two weeks on Tuesday mornings. I'm Amna Navaz. Thanks for listening.